Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners, maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner or maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Whatever your story is, welcome to episode 122 of My Runner's Mind. This is the podcast that shows you how to take the chore out of your runs so you can run with more joy. So on this week's episode, I'm sharing an interview I did with a client of mine a while ago. The interview is special because it showcases the remarkable transformation she experienced through the unique tools and mindset shifts she gained while we were coaching together. I believe these tools go beyond what you traditionally associate with run coaching. And so while the interview may reference the early days of the pandemic, I really believe it's essential to share Vanessa's perspective so you can gain a deeper understanding of the impact of our coaching relationship. Before I share the interview, I just want to highlight some of the thoughts you'll hear Vanessa talk about that really kept her from enjoying running for so long. But through our coaching, she was able to reframe and change. As you listen, I invite you to consider for yourself if you relate to these. In the interview, you'll hear her Talk about thoughts that were on repeat in her mind. She was literally telling herself, I'm not a runner, while she was running. And also, I'm not, insert fast, or able to run far enough. Does this sound familiar to you, runner friend? Do you find yourself relying on the smartwatch to validate if you had a good run? And do you mentally berate yourself if you haven't improved on those metrics? Do you worry you won't be able to run as fast as you used to or worry that your speed is not as fast as others that you run with? Our thoughts can be tricky companions. Often they're so familiar that we don't even realize their influence on us. They've been with us for what feels like forever. And breaking free from their grasp can be really challenging. But here's the thing. You don't have to do it alone. Sometimes you need someone who's genuinely invested in your progress to help you navigate your mind. Today, I'm happy to share Vanessa no longer runs with stress or anger. But has discovered the true essence of running with joy. She's learned the art of creating a powerful mind-body connection that allows her to be fully present in every run. So here's the interview. I hope you enjoy it. 
I'm here with Vanessa. Vanessa and I have worked together for, well, actually well over a year now. So I'm super excited to have her on the podcast with me. So Vanessa, introduce yourself, please, to everybody. Yeah. So my name is Vanessa. I am originally from Montreal, actually, but have moved out to a, a smaller town in Ontario. And I'm a family doctor as well. Very cool. Yeah, I love it. You're a physician. You're on the front line here the last couple of years, huh? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us all, how long have you been a runner? Yeah, so I've been kind of running on and off since I was a teenager. Most recently, I started running again. Actually, when the pandemic hit, that was a bit of a trigger to to start running again. And that was right about the time that you and I kind of ended up meeting, I think, in, was it a mutual Facebook group or no, it was during, or it was in a personal development group that you and I actually met. And then we started working together in a Facebook group. Is that correct? Am I remembering this correct? Lena, we, I think by the summer we started actually working together and doing a, a bit of the runner's mind stuff even then. Yes. You've yeah. been my beta, beta client <laughs> not so long. And I love it that you're still here for the ride. That's so cool. Yeah. So tell me a little bit why, why, I guess, now that you're saying you started up again during the pandemic, I mean, you want to share a little bit about why and why running? So the reason, I guess, during the pandemic was when the pandemic hit, I probably similar to most people. I got very stressed and very anxious, and there was a lot of uncertainty and unknowns. And for the first month or so of the pandemic, I was probably doing all the wrong things for myself. So, you know, a lot of eating out and, and stressing and not getting enough sleep and a lot of sitting around watching TV. I remember that. Just get home from work and it was, you know, quite overwhelming and I didn't feel like I could do much else. And I got to the point where I was having so much stress that I was getting reflux and my chest was burning and my throat was burning. And I thought, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm doing this to myself and I don't want to feel this way. And I was lucky at the time also to get into some mindset work and personal development work because I knew something needed to change. And that was also around the same time that I decided I would start running again because I wanted to start doing healthy things for myself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Holy cow. And especially with, you know, your profession, I can just can't even imagine the amount of stress you must have been under, right? So I'm just kind of curious, a mindset going into wanting to run, because my mindset in the past going into running was always so focused on, I wanted to conquer my body in a way, right? I wanted my body really to kind of fall in line with these body image ideals that I had, and that then exercise, which could either be running or typically for me in the past, it's been going to the gym, was kind of the, I guess, was the vehicle for getting my body to fall in line. Can you speak to any of that also? Is that something that I, you know, I'm off strip right now, <laughs> but I'm just kind of curious with how you let us into this. So that would be kind of neat. Is that something that resonates with you? Something that you can speak to? Yeah, absolutely. I was definitely a very similar to that. I think I had this ideal in my mind of I'm going to run and I'm going to get healthy and I'm going to be fit and thin and I'm going to lose all this weight and it's going to be great. I'd also, in the back of my mind, I was also thinking to myself, you know, I had experienced as a, a teenager and, you know, young adult when I would run these runner's highs that felt so good and I wanted that feeling back. And that was sort of the ideal in my head. I'm going to run and be healthy and have these runner's highs and it's going to be great. 
But when I looked at the reality of it, most of the time I was running to try and lose weight because I didn't like my body because I had overeaten and I was trying to, you know, create a bit of a calorie deficit for myself. Or I wanted to have a treat later in the day. So I thought, well, if I run, I can have that treat. So yeah, a lot of the same things, a lot of, you know, running almost to try and fix myself. And even with the pandemic, once it started, you know, part of it was, you know, I want to start doing healthy things for myself. But part of it was, I'm stressed, so I'm just going to run and somehow get rid of all of this stress by running. So it was always kind of a secondary reason, but it's like running. I wasn't running just for the sake of running or for the enjoyment of it. I was doing it for some sort of secondary gain. Yes, that's Mm -hmm. very goal-oriented in a way, which wasn't goal-oriented in the running sense, but like you said, creating a calorie deficit or achieving that runner's high so you could feel better afterwards. I want to just ask you then, you said running to fix myself and everything you were saying is like bing, 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 bing. I can so relate to it all. And I'm sure so many of our listeners can, but how did running feel then in the beginning of the pandemic when you went out? Yeah. And that's what you went out with. Yeah. At the time, overall, it didn't feel great. Right. As a general rule for me, running was not easy and it was not fun. It was a means to an end. It was something I kind of pushed myself to do. And most of the time, uh, the way I decided whether I'd had a good run or not, or whether I could feel good about myself or not, was, you know, numbers on my watch or numbers on a tracking app. If I, you know, ran a little faster, ran a little further, or, you know, improved my stats a bit, then I felt good about myself after the fact. But most of the time, if that wasn't the case, or if I had what I would call a bad run, then it just compounded everything because it wasn't easy, it wasn't fun, and I wasn't enjoying it. So, And then that just would spill into the rest of your day or the next day or whatnot, or your motivation for wanting to go out to a run for a run the next time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I tell people all the time, I'm starting to do a little coaching myself, and that's kind of the key example I use if you don't enjoy running or you're running just to burn calories and it's you know five in the morning and your alarm goes off and it's snowing outside are you gonna go outside and run probably not (laughs) and that was me I wouldn't go yeah yeah so good and you know you're saying that you used to use numbers on a on a watch you know I think in, in previous episodes I've touched on the metrics that we choose to use and I just feel it's so great that you're bringing this up because as you're saying it, my eyes on it now is that, man, so disempowering when we do that, when we let a watch, when we let just those stats choose whether we have a good run or not, right? And I was certainly absolutely the same way as you, I used to be. And just this really compounding negative effect, like you're describing, and just kind of a downward spiral, right? So, okay. So, now that you've kind of given us your backstory there, which was really great, more than I actually knew, I think, then tell us your reason about for joining My Runner's Mind. I'm curious. Yeah. So started running with the pandemic, also started some mindset work at the time. Mm-hmm. And that that work was having such a profound impact on me and was creating so much change, way more so than the running was at the time. And I right. wasn't consistently and I you know I wasn't really sticking to it I'd feel kind of 
empowered for two weeks and then I'd stop again. And so maybe for the listener, just share one or two big takeaways from your personal development journey that you'd say that really helped shift your perspective if you have some that stand out. Yeah, sure. So probably recognizing that our thoughts are really important and our beliefs and that that can kind of trickle down into how we feel and then how we act. So with running, for example, if I tell myself I'm not a runner and I hate running and then I feel bad because I feel like I'm not a runner and I hate running, I'm not going to run. <laughs> or I do go, I'm not going to enjoy it. And then yeah, we'll get a feedback loop. So recognizing you know, having that awareness and recognizing what our thoughts and feelings are and realizing that you can change them. And if you're able to work at that level, it can make such a difference for everything else. Yeah, no, that's really good. Sorry, I I interrupted you there, but keep going. So you joined My Runner's Mind. Tell us a little bit about your reason for doing that. Yeah, so in doing that mindset work, it made such a profound difference for me. And I knew you knew about that as well. You were also kind of, we were kind of doing some of the same work at the time. And when you started a runner's group, I thought, hey, maybe this is what I need to get my running on track because I do want to run more consistently and enjoy my runs and, you know, all these different goals that I had in mind. And I knew that, you know, the mindset work and the personal development work could help me so much. I thought, okay, if we apply this to running, this is probably going to go really well. Yeah. That was a big, a big part of it. And it was you. Honestly, you said you were doing this. I'm like, I'm on board. Nice. I Amazing. love it. <laughs> That's awesome. So fast forward to now, we're now, you know, two years past the start of the pandemic. How does running feel? You and I have worked together for, well, a year and a half. Yeah, it feels so different. I'm actually at a point now where I'm much more past the idea of, you know, numbers and metrics and, you know, calorie deficits and all of these things. My goal now is to run and to run with joy. And I do want to get to those longer distances. And sure, I want to get a bit faster, but that's not going to determine if I'm happy with my runs or not. Uh, so now when I run, my mindset has totally shifted. So it's so much more positive than it was, so much more focused and actually having different thoughts and and positive thoughts makes such a difference on running. It's incredible. I didn't realize how much that was limiting me. Now actually getting into some of the chi running and the body sensing and focus. I always used to run with music on or an audiobook on or something to distract me. I would try and tune out while I was running. Oh, I'm so glad you're bringing this up. You go on it. I could not imagine running without anything. And the few times I did it, I was like, oh, this, you know, I, I don't know what to do with myself. But now I actually focus on my runs and the chi running forms and all these different things that we've learned. And I can't imagine going back. And I've tried. I've tried listening to music the odd time just as an experiment. And I don't run as well. I run so much better and I feel so much better when I'm actually focusing on the run and I'm being mindful and in the present moment, it makes sense. I just love that you bring this up. It's actually something I jotted down from one of our boxer messages where you said, so I just kind of listened to a book today and guess what? <laughs> My whole run kind of fell apart. <laughs> I wasn't focusing on anything. And yeah, but, and I also then love, you know, where I think maybe in the past, you would have then 
label it as a bad run. Mm-hmm. Now this time, and I, I jotted that down because I thought it was so good. You're saying, but it's okay. It's an experiment. I realize now that running with distractions is not serving me becoming a better runner, a feeling in tune with my run. So I just, yeah, I think that's so important. And I think it's such a overlooked aspect of running for so many runners, right? That exactly as you're saying also, so many people don't know what to do with their mind when they're out running. So then they add music or books and distractions and entertainment instead of being the run. Yeah. <laughs> yourself, right? And actually end up loving it like you're describing, right? Let's see. Well, actually, no, let me ask. What would you say has had the biggest impact from being in my runner's mind? Is there anything you can attribute to the, you know, that's made the biggest impact on you? Or what would you say to the listeners? Yeah, I think there's probably two things. And it it kind of boils down to the two main areas we've looked at. Mindset and our thoughts are so important. I have witnessed how my thoughts have actually blocked me from running. So physically I was able, but mentally I wasn't there. And I wouldn't complete the run. I couldn't do it. And the moment I shifted my thoughts, you know, two days later, the same run would go amazingly. So mindset is so important. And then having that body focus and actually connecting it all together. I mean, it's unbelievable how different it is and how much better it is when I'm actually focused on the run and focused on my body and, you know, more focused, feel more present, much less injured than I've ever been. Yeah able to run. I I mean, I injured my foot last summer and for months I couldn't run and couldn't run and kept trying and it got worse and worse. And now I can run again and I'm re-injuring myself and I have a way of managing that now, which is really cool. Yeah. So I think the whole mind-body connection is super important. And then our community is awesome. So yeah. it's always nice having that support. Nice. No, that is so awesome. And it's so true what you're saying, having those tools of mind-body connection. And we talked about that in one of our webinars that all of a sudden we have tools. We know exactly what to do. You know, I love how you're bringing up your foot because I can certainly relate if I'm out running and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's a tweak in my knee or in my shin. Oh, well, relax. Here we go. (laughs) You run on, right? I'm wondering if you would just elaborate more because I thought you brought up something really good, how your thoughts actually used to sometimes block you. And I think you and I talked about it being a limiting belief for you. Just for the listeners, though, will you share a little more on that? Because I'm sure some of them can relate. I mean, <laughs> yeah, share a little bit for us. Yeah. So some of the big limiting beliefs that would come up for me, especially at the beginning, I would tell myself, I am not a runner. I can't run. Constantly. So funny, isn't it? So I would be outside physically running, telling myself I couldn't run. <laughs> And didn't even recognize. And then, you know, as I kind of became more aware of that and worked on that, I eventually got to a point where if that thought pops into my head, I laugh at myself. I'm like, I'm outside running right now. Of course I'm a runner. But yeah, it, it totally shifted. But along with that and the ones that still kind of crop up periodically are this idea of, you know, not being enough. So sometimes if I have a bad run, I would tell myself, oh, you know, I'm I'm not fast enough. I'm not fit enough to do this run yet. I'm not physically capable this run. Things like that would prop up a lot. And at one point, you know, I'd been kind of progressing. Actually, a big one was 
I can't run more than, I think it was five minutes at one point. I would do all these little right. run intervals, but I would tell myself, I can't run more than five minutes. So I never tried. And the moment we kind of figured that one out, that that was happening, and when I started saying, okay, well, I'm going to run longer intervals, look at that, I can run longer intervals, and I can go outside and run, you know, 30, 40 minutes straight now. And whereas, you know, six months ago, I didn't believe I could do it. But I've had runs where I'll tell myself I'm not fit enough, I can't do this, I don't know, I don't think this is going to work. And I'm out of breath and my running's out of sync and I wear myself out. I go too fast, too slow. It's all over the place and I give up. And I've had runs like that. And then two days later, I go, no, I'm not changing anything else. I'm just going to change my thoughts. I'm going to focus. I'm going to do what I need to do. And I know I can do this. Same exact run two days later and I can run the whole thing. No problem. Not tired. Nothing. So it's not a physical thing. It's really a mental you're such a good scientist for a complete, I mean, just really looking at it that way. I love that, right? Because there is your proof too, right? Yeah. It's fun to have the awareness and actually be able to kind of notice it now. And it, it's almost like little experiments of brain is actually doing, look how much power our beliefs have. But knowing that we can change it. And I appreciate you for bringing that up because I think some of the things initially when we get introduced to mindset work, and you can tell me if you agree or not, is that we get this awareness and we get some tools to realize how we can change things. And then we think we should never have things be tough again, because now we have the tools. And we sometimes actually use the tools against ourselves and beat ourselves up a little bit. But I just really appreciate how you're actually sharing that. Well, when they come up now, it's more like an experience and I get a little curious about it or I tell my brain, whatever brain, I'm out here doing it. I can totally do it, right? Really just making it very clear that this is an ongoing process, that it's not a set and forget it. Wouldn't you agree? This is life, right? And I think also that ties in so well with running that, you know, it's not like we leave our front door and we go into one gear and then we stay there literally for the entire run and don't have to adjust as we're running. I think what you shared so well also is that, you know, out on the run, it's a constant check-in, mind, body, mind, body, mind, body, right? So, you know, as we also talk about in the group, it's really going from being so goal-oriented and goal-fixated thinking that once I get to that goal, everything is going to be great. We now really focus on the process or the journey of getting to the goal, right? Oh, yeah, so good. So you already touched on how you have started coaching. And I love that so much because you're doing that for your own profession of physicians, right? Which, I mean, I can just imagine the need for that for you guys. I mean, with what you've been hit with lately, right? So tell me, you know, the spillover effect, because that's one of the biggest things I feel as, as runners when we start incorporating mindset that we have such a opportunity of, you know, how we do one thing is how we do all things. And if we can put ourselves up for greatness in a run, and running is not easy, right, by no means, we can start seeing these incredible spillover effects in other areas of our lives. So will you share a little bit with us how, where you've noticed it and what's come up? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely does spill over into everything because these tools that we've learned, both the, you know, the mental and the physical, you know, it can apply to anything. 
we can notice our thoughts in any situation and and shift them and notice where our beliefs are and shift them. So it comes up a lot at work. I've noticed things like if I tell myself that, you know, a week at the hospital is going to be really hard and I'm going to be exhausted, guess how I feel? <laughs> but if I tell myself, hey, I'm doing great work, I'm helping lots of people, I'm getting enough sleep, Paul hasn't been too bad, this is going to be great, suddenly I have a burst of energy. Just simply changing that thought, handling, you know, stressful situations at work, same sort of thing, changing how I'm thinking about the situation or, you know, how I handle the situation and how I can show up and recognizing that that's what I can control. I can't control everyone else and everything else that's happening in this whole pandemic, but I can control myself. Yeah. Um, that, that makes a huge difference. And with my relationships as well, I communicate better, more open about these things. I share these things a lot with people. And so when even with friends, when they talk about things, I start using the tools to help try and shift them, which is always it always makes us interesting conversations. And yeah, even the body sensing. I notice now if I'm tensing up in a situation or if I'm if it's a physical thing that I'm doing, sometimes like, ooh, relax. You don't have to be, you know, using every little muscle or, oh, is there a way I could do this differently that'll be, you know, more comfortable? Oh, what's my posture doing? I'm going to sit up a little straighter and just little tweaks all along to bring more ease and, and more relaxation. It's really cool. I love that. Yeah, I love that because I think so often just body sensing you're talking about we're completely unconscious we kind of separated from our body in a way we're all sometimes in our mind especially you know if you have a very you know i don't know what i you know a mental job which i'm sure as a physician you do and i do in speech therapy we tend to maybe just be in our mind all the time or in our brain all the time and kind of forget the whole body and then as you're describing that awareness, that body sensing piece so that we're not sitting there holding on to, you know, pain or tenseness or anything, discomfort, but able to release it right away. So all around a much better connected feeling. That's so good. So tell me how you think this program is different. This running program is different from other running programs. I'm curious about your take on it. And I don't, I haven't been in other running programs, so... I hope there are similar ones out there because I think this is amazing. The book is on running and running well and running in a way I'll say maybe properly. So with good form, paying attention to our bodies, not running in a way that's hurting us or injuring ourselves. And then also on the mental side, running in a way that does bring us joy and does bring us, you know, excitement and curiosity and and so that we can actually enjoy our runs that it could be fun and we can use it as a way of elevating ourselves and finding excellence as opposed to, you know, a punishment for overeating or all these other reasons that when run, I think this program on both sides, just the fact that it looks at both the mind and the body and brings it all together. It's incredible. Did you enjoy the interview? I'm full of gratitude to Vanessa for being willing to share her running journey from stressed to one of joy. I want to share my coaching methodology with you, which focuses on transforming your running experience by addressing three key elements. Number one, thought awareness. We begin by cultivating mindfulness and awareness of your thoughts. Understanding your thought patterns is the first step towards change. Number two, keystone habits. 
We introduce and nurture keystone habits that have a profound impact on your attitude and approach to running. These habits create a positive ripple effect in your running journey. And three, running form mastery. This is a physical aspect of your transformation, helping you discover your true potential as a runner. By working on these three pillars, we take the chore out of running and pave the way for you to run with more joy, confidence, and fulfillment. Are you interested in a similar journey for yourself? I have three spots available in my four-month one-on-one coaching program that starts next week. You can book a 20-minute consult with me via the link in the show notes or email me or send me a DM. Let's build our supportive community together. If you enjoyed this episode, runner friend, please consider sharing it with a fellow runner who you think might also find it inspiring. My goal is to help as many women runners transform their runs from a chore to a joy. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.